Welcome back, everyone. Another week of Taurus Tech Talk here at SG Taurus. I'm your host, Matt LePan. Once again, joined this week by our senior technical support representative, Phil Valpe. Phil, welcome back. Good to have you on again. Thanks, Matt. Today we're going to do Mitsubishi stuff again. We are. So last time we talked common checks to make on a failing Mitsubishi electric system. Today we're doing some more of the advanced checks. So Phil's going to get a little more in-depth into the checks that you need to make if you go to a job and the Mitsubishi electric system is not working. Phil, we talked mostly electrical last time. Today we're going to get a little more in-depth and get more into the equipment itself, correct? Right. We're going to start off by a brief description of how how the compressor runs and how we're going to check it. Mitsubishi compressors are inverter compressors. That means we take 240 volt AC, convert it to DC volts, and then turn it back into AC and vary the voltage and the frequency to run the compressor. So we have to make sure that we have a, a good, strong 208, 230 to our unit. They won't run below 187 or above 253 volts. And we measured that going into the unit. Now, when we bring the 230 into the condenser, and we're talking about condenser now, we put it through a converter circuit, a smoothing circuit, and then an inverter circuit. The inverter circuit is the final step before we send it to the compressor. All of the controls in the computer are determining the speed of the compressor from you know 25% up to 100%, depending on the airflow on the fan, the temperatures, etc. So Mitsubishi uses a global terminology for their wires going to the compressor, and it's called U, V, and W. I've been trying to find out for years what U, V, and W means, and if somebody knows, call me, because we haven't figured it out. You, if you don't you, know, nobody's going to know, Phil. Yeah, well, somebody knows. Somebody made it. But, but U, V, and W is marked on the compressors, and even our new American-type units have UV and W on the compressors. So it's a, it's a global terminology. It's, it's, you know, common stat run or L1, L2, L3. We take voltage on UV and W, feed it to the compressor, and we vary the frequency and we vary the voltage. The voltage usually is as low or can be as low as 50 volts, and it can go up into the 200 and 300-volt range. That's something we can measure. The frequency, we are not, as techs, going to be measuring frequency. So all we can measure is the voltage. So if we have a compressor that is not running and we think we have a bad compressor circuit, we're going to check the compressor and the voltage going to it. My first thing is to take the UV and W wires off the compressor and ohm the windings on the compressor. So you go from U to V, U to W, and V to W, and you should get a very small resistance on the compressor. Maybe a half an ohm, one ohm, two ohm, something like that. It is a three-phase compressor, so the winding resistance should be equal. If the winding resistances are equal, then check from U to ground, V to ground, and W to ground, and ground can be a piece of copper wire, okay? So UV and W should not have any resistance to ground. It should be an open circuit. So if the compressor is good, we will have a small resistance between each winding, and we will have no resistance to ground. Our next step is to put a meter 
in U, V, and W and test the voltage when the compressor is trying to start. So the correct way to do this is unplug the wires as we did from the compressor, make sure they're not touching anything, then turn the power on and go to the indoor unit and turn it onto emergency operation or turn it into cooling operation if you can, or heating operation using the thermostat. About three minutes after you do that, the compressor will try to start. Of course, you have the wires disconnected with our meter in it, so all we're gonna see is voltage. How do we know what the voltage we're gonna see is? Well, we're gonna check U to V, U to W, and V to W. The voltage should be balanced. It is a three-phase power that we are generating on the inverter circuit. So when the condenser fan motor starts, we will see approximately 50 volts from U to V, U to W, and V to W, and it will slowly build up. Every 30 seconds or so, it will change. So uh, it may go to 70, 100, 150, 200 something. The real thing here that we have to measure is that the voltage is balanced. So UV, UW, VW has to be the same voltage within a few percent, okay? We say 10%, but it really should be pretty close. When we have the guys checking this in the field, most of the time when it starts, we're at 50 to 60 volts. And as time goes on, it gets up into the hundreds of volts. Now, it will not run a long time this way because the board knows the compressor isn't running. So you have to do this reasonably quickly. But if you have a balanced voltage, on UV, UW, VW, and you've ohmed the compressor out well, and the compressor doesn't run, the compressor is stuck and it will have to be changed. So that's that's the hardest thing we can do is condemn a compressor because it's stuck, but that's the only way we can do it. If, if the voltage is correct and it doesn't run, then it's stuck. So that's how we're checking the, the compressor. The key here is that you actually have to take the wires off it and measure it. So we've determined the compressor is good or bad. That can be done in about 10 minutes if you're really, really good, okay? The next issue we have is electronic expansion valves. Electronic expansion valves are used throughout the industry now. They are a needle and, and pin type valve that screws open and shut goes from zero to 500 or zero to 2000 steps open. And a lot of guys just don't have an idea how they work. So think of it as, as just a little socket with a pin going in and out that's letting more refrigerant through. Now, how does it know where to sit? There are usually a couple of sensors on an expansion valve. We have a coil temperature sensor measuring the temperature of, if it's an evaporator, our evaporator coil. And we have a gas temperature sensor measuring the temperature of the freon leaving the evaporator coil. If you take the measurements in temperature on those and subtract them, you'll get the superheat. The coil, let's say, is 40 to 45 degrees. The gas temperature is 50 to 55 degrees. When we subtract the two, we'll get 10 degrees of superheat. If the superheat is low, the expansion valve says the coil is flooded and it will shut down. If the 
superheat is high, the expansion valve will open to try to flood the coil to bring the superheat down. The valve itself is being told to open and close based on temperature. Now, one of the issues with an electronic valve is we don't know where it's at. It's very difficult to tell whether it's 25% open, 50, 75%, 100% open. And there is no tool to measure it in the field other than some screens on some units that will tell us what steps it is supposed to be at. So let's say that the superheat is five degrees and we want to raise it up a little bit. So to raise it up a little bit, we have to shut the valve. So the valve might go from 190 steps to 150 steps to shut. Now, if you have a laptop computer, we can plug into our unit and see where it's at. But we really can't do that in the field if we don't have a laptop. Mitsubishi has a little tool called a magnetic LED tool. I'm going to give you the part number down so you can write it. Part number is T2WEA5651. Now, this is a little, we call it a little donut tool, and it fits, and we can manually open and close the valve. This is the only way we can truly figure out whether a valve is stuck, plugged, or working is using this, this tool. It, it's a little bigger than a silver dollar. Uh, it's, it's about half an inch thick, has a hole in the middle, and you put it on top of the valve, and you, there's an open arrow and a closed arrow. You spin it to open it and spin it to close it. So if we are not controlling superheat correctly on a unit and we think the EEV is bad, we are going to do two things. We are going to check the motor for resistance. The motor is the black head on top of the valve. And we're going to take our LEV tool here and open it up and close it to see what happens. So on the heads of the valve, you have to go to my www.mylinkdrive.com and get the specific wire colors and number for the valve. But the LEV is controlled by this head. We call it a motor, and it has five or six wires on it. We're going to measure resistance between a bunch of those wires, and they're usually between 45 and 50 ohms. This head is a bunch of magnets that are energized and de-energized to open and close the valve stem going to the superheat. So if our motor on top of the EEV ohms out okay and the valve isn't working or opening, we're going to have to take our little tool out, our magnetic tool out, and physically open the valve. Take the magnetic tool, open the valve, and then see if it actually did open, which you will see with pressure changes on your, on your unit, or close it to see if it actually closes. LEVs are tough. So that's how we have to check the, the LEV. Now, one thing is if you have a branch box hyperheat unit, we can check the LEV position on the outdoor unit's screen, okay? There is a service manual. It's a couple of hundred pages, and one part of that shows us how to check data on the screen. I won't go into that now, 
But if you have a branch box unit, we can check the LEV position on the screen rather than do what the cumbersome thing that we just did. Okay. So that checked the compressor and that checked the LEV. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Phil. This has been great information. Last week we did the common checks. This week we're getting a little more advanced. We're getting into the advanced checks on your Mitsubishi electric systems. If you still run into problems, you can call the tech line, right? Ask to be put in the technical support queue. You'll get put in the queue and you'll either get Phil, Mark, Russell, Ken, or John. They'll take care of you. You can ask them the questions. If you haven't done these checks, do these first if you can, then give the tech line a call if you still need more help. Want to thank Phil again for coming on. Want to thank all of you out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Just search Taurus Tech Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Use the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. And as always, listen to all of our tech talks on our website, sgtaurus.com backslash podcasts. Want to thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Taurus Tech Talk.